everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. In a lot of Western universities, accommodation on campus is not provided to students as a matter of course. Living in rented apartments can be an option. In Chinese universities, most students have access to subsidized lodging, but the pressure is now mounting on school management as college enrollment continues to expand beyond the school's ability to accommodate. Now, a few of these stu-、uh, schools would like to change the status quo and stop offering boarding to some postgraduate students. I'm Lai Ming, and this is Roundtable. Today, my colleagues Neil Holing and Brandon Yates join me in the discussion. What schools are involved in today's story? I mean, the schools who dare consider not giving、uh, accommodation, even though not free, but they are, they are quite affordable, quite cheap. Now, the schools are thinking maybe、uh, some students don't deserve that privilege. Oh yes, imagine yourself just. Got admitted as a postgraduate student in a great, famous university. I don't have、Stiden. to imagine. I did that. Oh、uh, yeah, of course. Liming、mm. did that. Liming was a student,、uh, a postgraduate student at a very famous university here、nice. in China. But, But Liming had it well. He lived in the dormitory. He had a lot of fun, and he enjoyed his postgraduate life quite so much. But, but for some other kid. You have to imagine when you're accepted and you're all happy and excited about starting your postgraduate life. You realize that instead of doing that right directly,、um, in addition to the,、uh, of that, you have to start、um, see whether or not your finger is flexible enough, whether or not your internet connection is fast enough. Because in the midnight of a certain day, you are going to get online and try the lottery of a dormitory. By saying lottery, I mean it's kind of like when you're buying stuff. There is this limited number of people who can get the stuff in a really cheap price. It's kind of like that for them when it comes to dormitory,、okay. because the dormitories in these universities can be relatively economical, not that costly. Especially compared to if you need to rent a room、uh, near the ho-、uh, near the universities, okay. So they have to do that, and they are not happy about it. And actually,、uh, an investigation by New Weekly reporter into the 2024 Masters Administration regulations for major universities actually、um, not less than 14 universities, including. Nanking University, Tsinghua University, Peking University, Beijing University of Technology, Xiamen University, Tongji University. Yes, all these universities、um, really revealed that none of them provided dormitories for non-full-time professional master students or direct students. So、mm-hmm. a lot of the postgraduate students are facing the situation of not living in these cheap dormitories provided by schools. There, there are a few keywords that. 
particularly Chinese, and that the people outside mm. of this country、uh, may not be able to understand. But then again,、uh, we'll move on to that part later. Yes,、uh, Brandon, have you uh, uh, stayed on school campuses、uh, in the dormitories? Yeah, when I studied my undergraduate degree at Rhodes University, I was on the university campus the entire time, staying in university dormitories. However, in South Africa, it is quite common for people that progress through the university system to move away from the university.、Um, Campus in terms、uh-huh. of the the dormitories and that kind of thing, most you know third year, fourth year students or postgraduates prefer to move into what we call a digs,、um, which is you know off campus、uh, okay. accommodation.、Um, so and it generally is as affordable, if not more affordable, than what the university provides.、Um, so that does become quite a common practice in South Africa. I think. The university dormitory life is more appealing for first years and second years that are still wanting to be a part of, you know, the fun、uh, university lifestyle that happens away from the the lecture halls and that sort of thing.、Mm-hmm. And then people that tend to,、um, you know, progress and move on through the years and then get to their postgraduate, it becomes more about the academic side of things. So they try to move away from the kind of university madness and kind of isolate <laughs> isolate themselves a little bit more and also be less.、Um, Controlled by the university in terms of you know like the university,、time. yeah, the、mm-hmm. accommodation at universities、uh, generally tend to be quite strict in terms of a lot of rules and that sort of thing because there's a lot of numbers and there can be a lot of craziness if there isn't a, a lot of rules. So generally, the older students prefer to move、um, away from campus and you know be able to. Determine how they run their lives and their their schedules and that sort of thing. I see. So now, then going back to the the Chinese、uh, situation, that is, well, accommodation on campus is, can be bittersweet. On the one hand, there is a lot of control. I mean, there's the curfew, there's the time, maybe 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. where、uh, all electricity has to cut off. I mean, that, that's、wow. what we、uh, had to deal、yeah. with when we were on, on campuses. Not sure、uh, what these kids are up to these days, but、uh, then again, it's.、Uh, Good example of how、uh, students can come under the control or the supervision of the school if you if they choose to stay on campus. But then on the other hand, I mean accommodation on campus can be quite affordable. I mean mine was an extreme example. I was、uh, almost on par with the students that we are talking about right now. I mean I was、uh, I was admitted in the year two thousand and three in undergraduate years, and that was the second year when China started college expansion. Uh, office enrollment, so、uh, the schools were not prepared to take in so many students. I had to stay in a warehouse adapted、uh, apartment, so、um, it was it was exceptionally cheap. It was five hundred yuan a year, five hundred yuan a year, and、uh, it was it was poor. It was a warehouse. It, there was no AC, <laughs> but、uh, it, it, there's a bed, there's a desk, and then it, it gets the job done. So it was very cheap, comparatively speaking. Yeah, being very cheap is one of the major elements that kids would opt for these、yeah. in-campus dormitory. Actually, it depends on、uh, what kind of cities the university is located, but definitely the in general, the fee that you have to pay for university dormitories would be one tenth or one twentieth of The amount of money you're going to spend if you rent a place near the university, right? And that is why a lot of these universities, when they started to say <laughs> we do not offer university students or postgraduate students with dormitory, we would provide them with certain subsidies when it comes to traveling between the university and the place you live. And these fee are generally eight hundred yuan per month or five hundred yuan per month. It's not that much, but it definitely <laughs> helps.、Mm. But still, st- some people. 
especially postgraduate students, would argue that they would rather live in universities.、Yeah. And the thing is, the preliminary examination for the 2024 National Master's Entrance Examination is scheduled to take place from December 23rd to December 24th,、okay. which makes this announcement quite significant for many students when it comes to deciding whether or not to sign up for certain universities to start and to enjoy their postgraduate studies. I don't understand. I mean, you made、it. the decision to pursue further studies—a life-changing decision—and now、uh, this announcement would change your decision not to pursue further studies, even though that may, may mean you you have to pay some more money when you do get admitted, when you when you don't get、uh, accommodation. Well, I don't think it's a matter of whether or not to continue their postgraduate studies. More、yeah. like which university to go,、yeah. or whether or not maybe if I am enrolled in this university, I have a better chance to win. Um, a certain kind of award. One, if I can be、uh, one of the top students, I can have more subsidies or more money given by the university, which can support me better. It, so it's it's、yeah. a complicated situation. It might also just make some postgraduate students a little bit less excited about pursuing their master's degrees or whatever it may be, because they feel discouraged by the fact that they might have to pay more in terms of where they find themselves and be further away from campus. So hopefully, I mean, this is a, a, a an issue that will probably take quite a long time to resolve. But maybe the universities can do more to expand their accommodation to make room for undergraduates and postgraduates. Not every pos-、uh, university is in a position to yeah, expand the offer of accommodation, especially those in metropolitan cities, like,、uh, for instance, the Beijing Foreign Studies University. It's, it's a small campus to begin with, and they have been constructing and building new buildings、mm. uh, over the past decade and. Still, it's a small, tiny, tiny space. I mean, there's there is there isn't any chance for them to find an extra plot of land to really build a new building.、Yeah. I guess subsidies is the fastest solution that can really help some of these postgraduate students that are going to be struggling with the prices of accommodation that they're not necessarily accustomed to. Yeah, but it is going to be a huge amount of money. And、yeah. on top of that, for a lot of famous and prestigious universities here in China, actually, many of their buildings in campus are.、Um, ag- Agriculture are with historical, or they're basically landmarks that they cannot do anything to tear them apart and、yeah. build huge buildings so that they can fit all the students in. They cannot do that,、yeah. so that is、Because、also they need to maintain the historical, you know, significance of certain buildings and monuments. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, actually, I feel like. The fundamental reason behind this is that actually we are looking at an increase in the scale of postgraduate、mm. uh, enrollment in China. Actually, in 2022, we see 1.1 million students enrolled in graduate programs, including over 1 million master students and over a hundred thousand doctoral students. And this number has doubled in the past decade compared to the 2013 enrollment plan of 540,000.、Uh, Students. Yeah, so, at that rate,、yeah. it's basically impossible for universities to keep up with the demand for accommodation. Well, yeah, the number of、uh, students being enrolled into postgraduate studies and above have、uh, practically doubled over the、yeah. past decade. So crazy, and then this is、uh, in tandem with the expansion of undergraduate students. So a lot of the schools they ha- are already struggling with accommodating all these growing number of undergraduate students. So not to make, not、yeah. to mention the so the、uh, supply is struggling、students. to keep up with demand for sure. All right, all right.、Yeah. and then then. 
uh, but then again, uh, the schools are not necessarily saying no to every single postgraduate student. And you only earlier mentioned some、uh, key words that the only Chinese people will be able to understand, <laughs> like <laughs> 非全日制研究生 Yes, yes. So these are not full-time students. Probably people who are already, already working, have a job, yeah, working, have an income, and then pursuing a a a master's degree even as they work.、Mm, and also, some of them are so-called、uh, not academic kind of students, but like professional. Uh, postgraduate like, students,、uh, people who study to be professional accountants,、uh, very common in South Africa, interpreters,、yeah. and so、uh, loyal lawyers.、Uh, these are more likely to be students, or I wouldn't say students, but people who are studying again, like、mm. like Fei Chuan Ruzhi. Uh, so like non-full-time students, these are probably uh, uh, students uh, or people who are currently employed.、Mm. Nonetheless, they would like to elevate their educational background, and then、uh, such they they're pursuing further studies even as they work. So,、uh, in most cases, I wouldn't say in most cases. In some cases, because they're already working, and then probably they have a home, and they will come back after work. So they choose not to stay on campus. So as such. The universities are choosing this group of people to target.、Mm, yeah, so some universities are choose to separate or trying to figure out which group of students might not need the accommodation quite so much, and some other universities tries to you know address the issue by shortening the accommodation duration.、Mm. For example, for those. Who have just been admitted to the first or second year postgraduate students? They're still into the、staying. madness. <laughs> yeah, they're still into the madness. They still want to live in the university campus. They would be enjoying the accommodation, and then they're encouraged to find places to stay outside of the school. And of course, some universities would choose to. Well, I think this is quite desperate. Some of them even are saying no to faculties living in campus, saying that maybe you should find other places to live, or we are trying. Transforming your dormitory into students' dormitory,、right. so the faculties no longer have the privilege to live in the universities anymore. From my university experience, I think it was more critical for me to be living on campus when I was very early on in my university career. So I guess it makes sense that they are moving away from offering these sorts of opportunities to postgraduate students. I can see why they're targeting that、right. group, but I can also see why that group would be upset because they probably also feel like, look, we've been dedicated to this university. We Are very esteemed members of this university, and we also would like some of the perks because、yeah. we've been here for for, for longer. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very difficult thing for universities to manage. Yes, and many universities also closed certain supermarkets in the university so that they can transform that building into a student's dormitory. Ah,、uh, warehouse. They've been in a warehouse for <laughs> years. And also, some would. So they're really go, trying everything. They are trying、yeah. everything. Some of them are going further. Of uh one. When it comes to this issue, they would even thinking about moving the campus outside of the relatively pop- populous rural a- urban area to rural areas. Eventually, they're going to start、areas. asking students to live in their cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, the universities that had the means would have already have done that. Like I said earlier, the、Everything. college expansion didn't start just now; it started two decades ago. So,、um, whatever university that has the pos- has the ability to obtain a piece of land, maybe in up ur- in suburban areas. They would have done so.、Mm. So now we are just seeing、uh, Act Two of the problem. And- 
And also, actually, some universities are trying another method, which I think might be more practical for other universities to follow through. That is, they are trying to establish off-campus social housing. That is to involve the universities renting and acting as a basically landlord while、mm. providing a certain price subsidy, prioritizing renting to students. So they would rent the places around the universities and then rent them to university students. Of course, the pricing would still be relatively higher than. And on-campus dormitory, but this is a solution.、Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more emphasis also needs to be placed on the potential of remote learning. I think that could also solve a lot of their problems. So maybe there are a lot of faculties or degrees or postgraduate students that are able to do what they do in person remotely. That could be a solution for the future as well. That's that's a very very smart suggestion,、uh, especially、uh, in the in the wake of COVID nineteen that has been the practice for quite some time, and and again,、uh, there is also、uh, the issue of whether it is possible to move away from. Uh, School-sponsored accommodation, and, and there, there are some experts are saying、uh, some of these solutions are being uh, are exceedingly exceedingly uh, outdated. Uh, you only mentioned earlier some faculties still live on campus. I mean, this is again, <laughs> this is different from the topic that we are talking right now. But then again, it just goes to show the level of management, the level of the quality of management that school campuses have currently. I mean, this is certainly not the modern way to manage a school campus. I mean, some schools worse than others in this case. So、um, perhaps moving away、um, and re- relying on the market approach to solve the needs of specific、uh, students, that that's that's a way to go forward. Well, I think it definitely is an approach. For example, I had my postgraduate study in Hong Kong, and I had to rent a very expensive place. And the thing is, the dormitory on campus is not. It's it's not less costly actually. It's、mm-hmm. basically the same level when it comes to pricing, and I was fine with it, or at least I did my research and then made the decision of going there, and that's what we did. But I think when it comes to the situation here in Chinese mainland, we still have to consider the situation of the majority of the postgraduate students, their economic situation, their preferences, and even though、um, moving to the other kind of direction, trying the other approach, making it. Ex- Um, completely market-oriented is possible. We still need to do much, much more research and to proceed quite gradually instead of just announcing the news and let students figure it out. That is, that is, that is right. I mean, it is possible for schools to move away from this entitlement. This affordable accommodation solution to a more market-oriented approach, but then again,、uh, this would mean、uh, some students who are not well off will be barred. They will be facing the challenge, financial challenge, of staying on campus or renting apartments nearby. So,、uh, and then, and then on top of that, I mean, Chinese、uh, government is still expanding college enrollment. So, the goal of, for now at least, is to expand, make it available, make the education available. To、mm-hmm. as、yeah. many people as possible. So it, it, it really... seems it seems like one issue could also be a lack of dialogue. It seems like a lot of different departments. So, for example, government students and you know university boards, they could also increase the dialogue between each other. I think that could be something that be could be potentially beneficial as opposed to. They're making decisions on their own that they think is best without speaking to one another. So、mm. it sounds like there is a bit of a lack of dialogue going on, and I think that the voices of the students also need to be heard more potentially. Right, right. More communication certainly、uh, makes the well some of the issues not as prob- problematic as yeah, yeah. as it should be. 
You're listening to Roundtable. Up next, the Hainan Island International Film Festival kicked off over the weekend. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Welcome back to Roundtable, and、uh, the fifth Hainan Island International Film Festival kicked off over the weekend、uh, in the Hainan Island, of course. Yes, and uh, it's uh, it's an event featuring a lot of、uh, film demonstrations, exhibitions, and it's an event for filmmakers and、uh, moviegoers to really、um, have fun and communicate. Yeah, when it comes to、uh, different kind of activities, actually, we are looking at.、Um, A vibrant activities, an array of vibrant activities, including opening ceremony, the Golden Coconut Awards competition, Golden Coconut, Golden Coconut, which is a competition for、uh, different movies, and also there is the Go. Golden Coconut Carnival. There's film screening forums, master classes, and even、um, music festivals, as well as surfing activities and competitions in different areas. To be honest, I think this is one of the one of the well music most. Um, the music festivals I wanted to attend the most because I think this one is music festival. Oh, excuse me, film festival. Film festival <laughs> because an. I mentioned there is a music festival that I like to attend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is,、um, the Golden Coconut Carnival this time features four event locations: the Hainan,、um, the Anaya Sanya community, and also we see all.、Uh, excuse me, we see all different. Oh, Lu Hui Tou. Scenery spots and also the Wanning surfing little town. So all these different places would feature related activities, including, of course, a lot of film screening. Not only the ones that are in the competition, but also very a lot of classics from all around the world, and all these activities that visitors can enjoy.、Mm-hmm. You get a chance to watch a movie on the beach. I mean, how fun is that? On the beach,、uh, on the grassland, on top of a mountain, everywhere. So the movie industry has uh, been um, well suffered some setback <laughs> over the past few years oh, because、yeah. of COVID. They bounced back. It <laughs> is bouncing.、Sure, yeah. It's in the process of bouncing back. But even without COVID, I mean, we can see that the movie industry has reached a point where we need some structural advancement or structural upgrade. In the sense that uh, uh, previously, a lot of the businesses were stressing. Uh, the box office, but now、uh, we are looking at you know sort of a, a bottleneck in the sense that、uh, people are have somehow lost the lost incentive to go to movie theaters because of COVID, and then like I said earlier, even before、uh, COVID, there's the 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 need to restructure the the market somewhat to. To、uh, downgrade the role of blockbusters and and then commercial movies, and then perhaps stress the 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 role of more artsy, more artistic movies、uh, to really help the the moviegoers in this country and also the movie industry go to the whole new lex whole new level. Yeah, definitely, and I think here in this film festival, this is what they are doing because on top of the、uh, movie that are attending attending the Golden Coconut Award we、oh. mentioned, 
by the way, several of them are quite interesting. I'd love to see. And I believe Brandon also have some yeah. suggestions as well. And uh, on top of that, we also get to enjoy up to hundreds of movies screened during the festival. Right. And many of them are classics. Many of them are the ones that I would personally uh, encourage you to see if you have the chance to visit the places, including uh, the a ghost story, a ghost, a Chinese ghost story, I guess it is, um, that is Tian a Chinese ghost story, mm, and it's also a relatively old title. Really, yeah, and Ying Xiong Ben Si, A Better Tomorrow, quite iconic movies would be featured during the festival. Nice. Yeah, I mean, something that I wanted to see is called, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Le Spectre de Boko Haram, um, which, you know, focuses on the Boko Haram, you know, terrorist organization that has been really causing a lot of problems in the African continent for a number of years. And that sort of... Um, you know, documentary style film where you um, hear about the experiences of people that have lived through traumatic experiences like that, um, particularly in the African continent, of course, where I'm from. That's something that definitely um, interests me for sure. I would recommend a movie by Zhang Rongji, uh, who was the director of Touch of the Light a few in fact, a decade ago, I mean, he he made made a film about uh, based on a true story about uh, some visually impaired uh, girl really pursuing her dream of being a dancer. So I I really enjoyed that one. So now this this year, uh, it is he is coming back with his new animation film. In fact, it's called Molly. Um, ah, I like Molly too. Molly the Mousian. So I, this is uh, something because he did such a good job with. Uh, um, a touch of the light. I think he's got potential. I, I'm interested to see uh, how far he's gone over the past decade. Yeah, and for me, I feel like this movie would bring me out of the very busy everyday life to a relatively childish and world full of imagination that I can definitely enjoy and just kind of like my little getaway hour <laughs> if I get to uh, enjoy this one. And another movie, well, on top of Molly, one that I would be definitely interested in is called The Animal Kingdom. It's talking about a world when it's hit by a wave of mutations that are gradually transforming some humans into animals. Ooh. So you get to grow wings. Ooh, it sounds creepy. In a bad way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit creepy. <laughs> and as some of the creatures disappear into a nearby forest, well, when we say creatures, actually they are the friends and families and loved ones for some people. So the main character would chase after or try to find them. Not anymore for me. As soon as they grow wings, they become creatures. I don't care how much I, I, don't care how much I love them. Bye-bye. Go into yeah, the forest creatures. See you later. <laughs> that is you also... <laughs> In the, in, a, in the movie. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the X-Men movie. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And that is actually a core a question or issue being discussed by the movie. That is what defines us, what defines human being. Mm. Who are you when you grow wings or something? Are you still who you are? And Interesting how movies yeah. get us thinking, how to get us really discussing and sharing our own unique perspectives. I think movie is a very, very important form of entertainment. I mean, I can't yeah. remember uh, how many times I've had an entertaining and also thought in provoking conversations with my friends after watching a very good movie. And so, I think that's where a festival becomes so important as well because you don't just watch the film, you can then get together afterwards and take part in activities and discuss what you've seen. And mm -hmm. also 
if you're a huge fan, if you get to go to the Hainan International Film Festival, you can also attend classes of major directors and nice. stars, and you can buy uh, all kinds of recreational cultural products with the theme of the movie you loved. You get to enjoy the markets, let alone sitting on the beach and fun, watch fun, a fun. movie. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's a uh, uh, free duty Duty-free port, and everywhere you go. So, if you had a chance to travel to Hainan Island, and if you had a chance to really watch、uh, a movie on the beach, then you would know the charm of hosting a、mm. movie international movie festival on the Hainan Island. There you go.、Uh, Some place I would rather be than the <laughs> studio. That's all the time we have for today's discussion. Thank you for、uh, your input,、um, Brendan and Newholing, and thank you for listening. 